0: So um, just stay tuned and we go over some really awesome topics and they come with, all our guests come with so much knowledge. Um, It's always pretty dope. So Sam today is going to talk about TikTok and how he basically found the world of TikTok and how it's changed his life. Um, It's been a game changer for him and I'm personally really excited to talk to him about how it's changed things for him in terms of what he's offering as a service through his business and the way he even sees like, you know, online platforms evolving over the next few years. And um, Sam's here. So we're just gonna wait for him to request. Okay. Should be able to come in now. Hey Sam. Hey, how's it going? Things are going really well, how are you?
1: I'm just gonna put you on my little phone stand right okay, now. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. No, Perfect. I'm super pumped to go live. This is awesome, this is super exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm I haven't really haven't been live in too. a very long time actually.
0: <laughs> how long has it been?
1: It's been, I think, almost about a year.
0: Oh wow, okay, that's yeah. a really long ass time. Okay, yeah, well now's been... a good time to come back. Oh, I know, right, during I'm the live. quarantine
1: season. Yeah, how exactly.
0: Things are really good. I was just telling everyone like a little intro into the series that we're doing. Okay. Uh, but I was also telling them I'm really excited to talk to you about TikTok because right. I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about TikTok because you, you document some really interesting things on your Instagram. <laughs> um, I find it really funny. And yeah. I also remember Daniel showing me your first TikTok that you ever did. And I thought it was right. so funny how that blew up. Yeah, um, I know. It so, yeah, blows was- my mind. Yeah, I want to talk about, like, all of it. I want to talk about you discovering TikTok to um, how big it is for you in your life now, because I know it is. So we'll jump into the questions, but before we do that, like, I have my questions, and before we jump into that, I wanted everyone to know that if you have questions, you can put in the comments, or if you click the little question mark at the very bottom, you can submit your questions there. Um, And I'm going to take as many as I can at the end of it, Um, but I'm going to jump right in, Sam, if that's okay. No, let's do it. Okay, sweet. So I really want everyone to know a little bit about your background. Um, We briefly met a few months ago at our studio downtown Toronto. And I got like the, I got some of it and it was really interesting. So I just want you to share with everyone your background. Um, And yeah, let's just go over there.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I have a huge passion in business, entrepreneurship and marketing. Um, I think generally just in problem solving um, in general. But then basically I finished high school and then I dropped out of university, try to pursue building my own business. So I ended up uh, trying to build it and then it failed miserably. And then I ended up uh, picking up two jobs and doing online school. And then I went back to school for a semester and a half before dropping out again. Um, So I'm a two time (laughs) university dropout. And then I continued building that same company um, for about three years. And so we started hosting uh, events with Enterprise Companies and then we started working with small to medium-sized businesses in terms of scaling their social media, paid pay performance, um, and then content. And then I did that for the last three years and made the transition over to Joybox.
0: Sweet, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. I've only dropped off once, and <laughs> I like it's, it's that's really funny. Like for me, it's probably one of the best decisions I made yeah um, but you know what like i'm always sometimes like wondering like maybe i should go back and try it but i'd probably drop out again too so honestly <laughs> I, I
1: i tell this joke to my uh to my mom all the time and to my family all the time it gets easier the second time around dropping out <laughs> yeah. um, the nerves that you get it gets a lot a lot better totally so, yeah
0: i can imagine okay i love that so my next question is where did your idea for joybox come from like i'm sure it's evolved like hundreds of times before it became mm-hmm. what it is today yeah. So i'd love to talk about like some of your favorite iterations of joybox uh, but I also want you to talk about the Next Canada Accelerator program and how um, that was involved in you coming up with Joybox.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, just want to say a quick hi to everybody that's coming into the live right now. Um, thank you for coming. I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about what we're doing. So with Joybox, you know, I feel like every, um, every startup founder, any founder or entrepreneur or anybody that's pursuing their passion and trying to carve away, there's some really severe highs and lows. Um, in terms of doing what you love, because it definitely comes at a cost. Um, And I found myself, you know, running my business for the last three years and wanting to actually build something new, something scalable, um, something that I felt like could actually make a big cultural impact in terms of the work that we were doing. And I didn't really see my agency as kind of like the boat that would deliver that kind of message. And so I was always on this look, and then an opportunity came for us to uh, participate in an accelerator program called Next Canada, And Next Canada, they choose 36 entrepreneurs across Canada, and they provide you with mentorship, um, access to funding, and just kind of resources in general. And so I spent my last summer in Toronto um, being in that program, and I came out of it, you know, kind of battered, to be completely honest. It was a really tough time. I learned a whole lot. I went through some really big business failures, um, which all turned into pivotal lessons in terms of me building Joybox now. But I got back from Toronto, back to to Vancouver, which was home, and I kind of sat there thinking, man, maybe like business isn't the thing that I want to do. And then I really just started to think about, let's see if we can make music. And I started to get in the studio. A lot of my friends are um, artists. And so I've always been in the back of the studio, um, watching them record and write songs. And so I was like, maybe I could go to the front and actually could try. Um, and then from a marker standpoint, I was like, if I did create anything, how would I market myself? Um, and so I ended up posting a, a weird skit on TikTok and I it literally just <laughs> I posted it for the sake of just posting it. And then I think it has like seven hundred fifty thousand views now. And then I was thinking, oh my god, this is crazy! I posted another one. I think it got like I think three hundred thousand views. Um, and then wow. my brain just started to fire off in terms <laughs> of what can we do for brands, artists, and talent um, on TikTok rather than just me building a personal brand for myself. And so that kind mm-hmm. of evolved into the creation of Joybox.
0: Awesome, love it. And yeah, your accelerator stories is one of my favorites. Like I've heard a lot of stories about people like coming out completely new ideas and you're yeah. like basically a new person and No, I'm the opposite. It's, it's I I love your story personally but I also want to talk to you about do so you mentioned um the fact that you personally went on TikTok and created a couple and it blew up and obviously that's like a super exciting feeling especially with just how saturated a lot of platforms are right now but yeah. something that we talk about a lot at the agency is the importance of being a practitioner when right. you're an agency leader or a leader in the marketing space and I think it's really important as well and I think it's really cool that you know you have the opportunity to see what it's like firsthand and mm-hmm. identify the opportunities from there and not backwards right no, so I'm totally with you. I'd lo- yeah I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the importance of being a practitioner um and how it's changed you know how you see tiktok because i'm sure with you having first experience it's a completely different experience right
1: yeah no for sure it's i think what would be a really good place is if i kind of explain a little bit more about what we do at joybox so for the people yeah. that just joined the live um we run a company called joybox and at joybox we create our own original content and we also launch uh campaigns with uh, i guess tiktok celebrity influencers on the platform and so, at one portion of our company, we are creating, you know, viral, what is it, challenges. We did a truth or drink edition with a blind couple, um, but in much more of a bite-sizable format compared to what we do on YouTube. Um, and then we also work with companies to be able to launch any products, songs, uh, or any campaign on there. And so, the question of being a practitioner on this platform um, I think as a marketer, you're always creating, I think Steve Jobs said this. So it's like the the pain of being a consultant is the fact that you create all these strategies for companies, but then you never take on the actual moral responsibility of executing them and learning from them. (laughs) And so if I'm going to be advising any strategy to our clients or anybody that we work with, I think what gives me the most amount of confidence is the fact that we did it ourselves. And that's the reason why we started Joybox to be a content focused shop first. So we're doing the job of creating, you know, two to three pieces of content a day or trying to, seeing how that performs, what works and what doesn't, um, and then growing our page first. And so when we do approach a brand, like we're building a case study right now, when we do approach a brand saying, hey, we've done 7.6 million views in the last 28 days. And we haven't used any celebrity endorsements. We are literally just creating content with regular people that don't have huge following or anything like that. We're just relying on strategic and um, humor, different angles in terms of concepting. Um, And then being able to take that to a brand and saying, hey, if we could insert a celebrity in here, we could really, really blow it up. Um, And I think if a marketer doesn't have the proof in the pudding to be able to show some of the claims, or the theories that he's suggesting or she's suggesting to a client, mm-hmm. um, it makes a pretty weak case in terms of "Hi, for you're sure. paying me to do this, and this is how I'm going to show you." And so, it only made sense for us to build Joybox as a testing platform for our clients, um, and right. if it hopefully ends up growing to something more, then that's amazing.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's super important to really give your clients the confidence that you actually have. An understanding of how the platform platform works and it's not just a strategy um, right. for us that's been really important like for us as a creative agency where a lot of it is us coming up with concepts and ideas you still have to have you know that backing like you still have to have that proof that there is potential in it working right so for sure for sure i i totally agree and i love that that's how you discover the world of tiktok <laughs> um you also <laughs> talked about some of the really cool concepts that you and your team have come up with i've seen some of them I think they're really great. Uh, they're super fun to watch. So which one's been your favorite you've worked on so far? Um, and I, yeah, I'd love to hear about coming up with that concept and what it was like seeing it come to fruition.
1: Yeah, I think, man, con- content is such an interesting um, conversation because me and our creative director, we talk about this every single day. Um, you're literally only good as your last video. So yep. you might have a video that went viral and it blew up the page. But then the next day, it's like, what's next? And it seems to be this never ending train of what's next, what's <laughs> next, what's next. And there's a beauty in that because it forces you to get super creative. Um, but then there's also the dark side of it, which is like, oh, my God, it's so hard to be a good creative outputting machine.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yep. So in terms of our favorite content, like, I think... Personally, for me, like there's two, two ways of looking at it, like obviously looking at the vanity metrics in terms of what went viral and what did the best um, compared to what I enjoyed the most. I loved our first little piece of content because we literally had no idea what we we're doing. And mm-hmm. if you looked at our content, you can easily tell that we had absolutely no freaking idea. <laughs> um, and I think that's the best part because our content just started to make a little bit more sense as we started to evolve. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like vanity metrics, I think we did a, our first viral video got like I think 2.7 million views was a, wow. a a addition that we did with a married couple and so they're actually are <laughs> one of our friends they're 22 and 23 they got married super young um, and then we did basically a truth or drink edition um, and you guys can go watch the video yourselves but um, I think that's <laughs> probably one of the biggest videos that we've
0: had so far. That sounds dope. That sounds like a lot of fun and I totally get it like that's why I always tell people if you're gonna want to be in the world of creating content the sooner you do it the better because there's mm-hmm. so much to learn about creating content it's it's pretty wild yeah, um, there's yeah there's there's so many ways to get creative but you will never know until you start so yes i absolutely. also wanted to talk to you about the brand side more we talked about this yeah. a little bit earlier on and you mentioned um how you know musicians and artists and how they really have an opportunity on tiktok um and not just personal brands but you know companies too um corporations and so on so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. I do have like some more specific questions later on about, you know, the best way for brands to be on TikTok. But Mm -hmm. um, if you want to talk about some of the things that brands should really keep in mind when considering TikTok as a platform, what would those things be?
1: Yeah. um, And I'm more than happy to go as technical as you want on some of these questions,
0: um, especially on the
1: marketing side. Um, I think brands approaching TikTok. It's been a super interesting conversation because we've had some conversations Um, with brands that are pretty like forward facing in terms of digital. Mm -hmm. And so they are not the slow ones where they're huge and they're like, ah, we don't really want to do digital. Obviously that conversation is completely switched after (laughs) quarantine and um, COVID-19. But we're seeing this huge push towards digital. Um, I think a lot of brands are first, I think just to overall analyze where they're at in terms of their feeling, it's like they know TikTok is cool. They're probably telling their chief marketing staff to be able to say, hey, like, can you figure this out <laughs> as of right now? Like, I don't know why what it is. I don't really care. Can you figure out why it's important and why we should be on here? And so a lot of the conversations that we're having with brands is educating them in terms of what the platform is, what is the audience yeah. demographic that exists on this platform, what type of content can be created on this platform, and what are some opportunities um, that can be created out of this landscape. And so the first thing is it's really important to understand that a TikTok is actually a content-based platform rather than a social graph. And what I mean by that is a person that has a million followers compared to a person that has one follower actually have a pretty similar chance of going viral if your content is good. Mm -hmm. And so I've personally seen influencers that have a million followers, but then they only get 5 to 10K views on their content. And if you put that in um, comparison to a platform such as Instagram, I think the reason why this exists is because on the For You page, there's two different ways to consume content on TikTok. On the For You page and then on the following page. I have not yet met a single person that likes to consume content on the, my following page. It's just <laughs> always on the For You page. And so for people right. in this Instagram Live that have no idea what For You pages are because you've never been on TikTok, For You page is the equivalent of an Explore page on Instagram. And you're not following anybody, but you're just being fed content through the algorithm by the platform. And so if that's the case, your content, if it makes it on the For You page, it has a higher chance of going viral. And it seems that TikTok is pushing these uh, What is it? content out there to test if the content itself is good, then if it's good, then it'll scale it even higher. And so as a brand, things that you have to take into consideration are what kind of content do we want to push out there? I've seen brands reformat some of their content that they create on YouTube and Instagram and then put it on TikTok, it does terrible. I would highly not suggest doing that. Um, I've seen them hire like an internal social media manager and then they use them as kind of a personality to help grow the channel. Um, I know this is one of your next questions, but a company that I think is doing a really good job is Chipotle and actually yeah. TikTok, whenever we talk to TikTok Canada or TikTok US, they always mention Chipotle as a really good <laughs> brand, a brand, brand to look at because they've done a guac challenge to bring more people to yeah. eat guac at their local restaurants. Um, and they've done some really good content campaigns as well.
0: Love it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some brands do it well, and I've seen some brands do it not well at all, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I guess like everyone's trying to get a grasp of it, but I also think it's really important for brands to be self aware enough where they know, you know, whether or not it's something they should be investing in or rather how they should go about it. Right. No, I think for it's sure. really important to really look at, okay, like where is the opportunity for me in this platform? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, just a quick thing. So Dixie, I know you have some questions and you can just put those in the comments. Or you can click the little question mark at the bottom to submit any questions that you have.
1: Hi, Dixie. Um,
0: and then yeah, for anyone else too, if you have any questions, you can throw them in, into the comments. Um, but yeah, so I Daniel saying I don't know any in-house TikTok but special- yeah, no, it's
1: so <laughs> it's so new, it's so so new.
0: I mean, I bet you that within the year, there's gonna be like in-house TikTok specials. It's, like it's totally gonna, gonna be a thing. It's gonna be right. Huge. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's pretty wild. Like, I'm not gonna lie. When it initially came out, I was a little skeptical. Like, I was like, I used to love Vine, so it was hard for me to accept. Yeah, I know, TikTok right? As like, a <laughs> replacement,
1: yeah. but
0: it's it's really impressive to see like how it's blown up and just how creative people are getting um and i really want to talk more about some brands that are just killing it on tiktok um not putting out cringe stuff but putting out stuff that they know their audience would love to see and would resonate with um you mentioned chipotle and you mentioned the guac challenge are there any other brands that you think are really doing a great job or any brands that you're, you're surprised are doing a good job on tiktok
1: so one of the brands that are just killing it so when when we first started joybox looking at it from a business perspective we analyzed the top 25 creators on the platform, whether it's a brand or a creator. And we realized 24 of them were creators and only one of them um, was uh, a brand. And so we're like, okay, what's this one brand that's doing this so well? (laughs) And it was FlightHouse. And FlightHouse is probably one of the top um, content producers with the way that they leverage TikTok stars and create Mm -hmm. their content. It's actually quite amazing. And I'm quite genuinely impressed with what they're doing. Um, I think they're an amazing example to look at uh, a company that focuses, that has kind of like a media slash startup that's focused on growing artists as a record label and then using TikTok as a gateway to introduce those artists um, is a really genius idea. Um, some brands that are not doing very well. Um, I, I I don't know because I probably won't see them if they're doing terrible. <laughs>
0: that's uh, yeah.
1: But I think any brand that thinks that they could just repost some of the content yeah. um, that they have from other platforms onto this And thinking that this is going to do well and treating it like instagram is are are the companies that are going to be really behind
0: right yeah i know the value of original content is huge and it's really clear when a brand is Mm -hmm. actually attempting to put out things that matter so i totally agree with you um so you also mentioned that you know brands should really avoid reposting or um, not putting out original content so Mm -hmm. what are some other things that brands should definitely avoid when they're considering tiktok as an option for them
1: I think the first thing that brands should do, um, in terms of what to avoid, um, thinking that you understand the platform just because of like reading the headliners and saying that this is like a Gen Z focused platform, um, (laughs) I'm all for it. But I think one thing that I forgot to mention before I uploaded my first video um, and my second video, I like consumed so much TikTok content before posting anything. So I think I consumed, and I just, I, this is my tendency, I, I think I consumed three <laughs> days straight worth of TikTok content. All I oh did was gosh. sit down and just watch and watch and watch. Um, because if you funny. want to join the conversation, you have to know what the conversation is about. Um, and I think if brands can better understand what's actually the conversation that's revolving around some of the mainstream topics, and then know oh. how to actually put themselves in them, um, that would be the big suggestion that I'd make to brands and to avoid just jumping into conversations too early. Um, and thinking that they're a brand and because it really hurts kind of the the perception of your brand
0: got it okay so everything you mentioned is super valuable and i totally agree with you on brands really remembering those key things to avoid and Mm. i think a lot of brands you know they see the kind of engagement that people are getting on tiktok and they're like okay it's gonna be super easy to get go viral on here we're going to be one of the early adopters, blah, 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 blah. Right. So right. we all know that it's you know it's relatively easy to go viral on TikTok, but like, what are the key ways to grow on TikTok, right? Because I think there's a really big difference between growth and virality. So yeah. what are some of your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I think, and that's a whole other conversation in terms of right. how much these names TikToks, like the TikTok that you get on um, in terms of youth worth. Um, but in terms of... Sorry, what was the question again? I just completely blanked out.
0: No, <laughs> so it's all good. So basically, how, do br- how can people focus on growing on TikTok as opposed yes, to just okay. going viral, right? Because yeah. there's definitely a stark difference between the two, and especially for brands too. They obviously want to take a more growth, you know, growth-focused strategy.
1: Yeah, for sure. So growth, that's an interesting concept right now on TikTok because organic reach is at an all-time high. So if you have 2,000 followers on Instagram and you post a video – Um, You know, if you're good, then you might get anywhere from 200 to 800 views on your video, right? Like, let's say it's an average. You post on TikTok, it has a chance of getting, you know, 100 views compared to 2 million views. And so the return on investment as you post content on TikTok is significantly higher than what you get on Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. And in terms of growth advice, it literally just comes down to quantity and quality of good content. Because the rest, like TikTok is such a content-driven platform that if you focus on the, the amount of content that you produce um, and then the quality of content that you produce, you're bound to grow. And so from our metrics, we're growing around 1,500 followers a day. And we've recognized that if we post two times a day, we'll hit that growth rate. If we post mm-hmm. three times a day, we can hit 2,000 followers a day. With a viral video, um, we gain 19,000 19, followers in one day. And so you start to look at these metrics and you realize that the amount of followers that you get are dependent on the amount of content that's actually put out there. Um, So I look at it as like a massive fishing boat. You have 10 fishing lines and they're consistently in the water. Um, And and Instagram works the same way, but the life cycle of content on TikTok is much higher than Instagram. And so what I mean by that is kind of like the shelf life. So if you post a piece of content, it can be trending for a month two months even -hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we've seen on our platform
0: got it so it sounds like as always on most platforms consistency is super important but -hmm. also collect data like look at how people are engaging with you
1: take whatever data
0: you can and really map out how you're going to continue to grow so I completely agree with those things. And I think oftentimes people forget those key things, right? Yeah. Um, so we have a question here before I continue on with my questions. Daniel is asking, what are the demographics like on TikTok? Is it, di- is it as diverse as Instagram?
1: So some of this information I'm not allowed to share. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like, I-, I think I can share in terms of more of the demographic side. Um, yeah. But. Everybody says Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z when it comes to TikTok. And mm-hmm. you're right. Gen Z is actually the largest following, you know, what is it? Most, I guess, popular audience on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. But the second fastest is growing right now is 18 to 24. Um, so kind of like the early millennial, just right in between the cusp of Gen Z and millennial um, range. And then what we're also seeing is this huge downloads of moms and dads that are downloading the platform. <laughs> um, and so. Just because of parental control, and obviously yeah. wanting to be able to monitor some of the things that your kids are doing on TikTok, there's a lot of family pages that are blowing up on TikTok too. Mm-hmm. And especially ever since the rise of Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Ray and her families and their families, sorry, um, some parents are like, "Is this an opportunity for us to become a media media brand as well as a family?" And right. so that's something that you're seeing a lot of. Um, but one interesting fact was Canada's monthly active users on TikTok jumped from i think five five like they added five million in the Mm -hmm. course of four months just in canada um and then post quarantine i'm expecting those numbers to be much much higher um same with areas like the u.s as well and so ever since lockdown and quarantine and covid19 it feels like tiktok has been kind of like the go-to platform to consume a lot of content and giving people that didn't really give it a consideration a try got it
0: yeah i've seen some pretty impressive uh tick since the quarantine uh you know became a thing mm-hmm. but uh i totally agree on the family aspect because there's some amazing family focused TikToks i've been seeing out there and they're adorable uh but it's, it's really crazy to see how creative they're getting and just how much people are interacting and engaging um, right. with those videos so we have a few more questions um one of there's three questions here one of them is Do you have to coordinate with TikTok when developing this idea? So um, this is an interesting question. So I guess it's more so about the B2B side. And I know there's probably only so much you can share with us about that. But um, it'd probably be really cool to talk about what's the best way to work with a brand or platform when they're, you know, basically integrated into what you're offering in your business model, right? So yeah, no, how sure. early should you consider the, that relationship, right? Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts there. That's a really cool question.
1: I, I've been trying to figure this question out myself too. And I only <laughs> learned because I just had to figure it out. Um, and, from, and I think there's a couple different approaches that you can take, but especially if you're going to integrate with a platform, you have to really know what you're offering as a service um, mm-hmm. and then what kind of value that you can add on top of the platform as well. So at the end of the day, like if we do well on TikTok, TikTok does well for themselves, right? right. If we help some big brands and artists come onto the platform and then kill it with a campaign and everybody's like, oh my gosh, and it shows a case study that brands want to be able to use this as a platform to, to do to their marketing, then it makes a really good case for TikTok. And so understanding kind of the value they provide to the platform. Um, and in terms of conversation, as soon as you know what you feel like you can offer as a service and you should have the conversation right away, um, mm-hmm to say, hey, this is what we're planning to do. Here's different components that I think we can get involved together. And is there any mm-hmm. tools that can help us do a better job of this? And so internally over here at Joybox, we've had access to their creator marketplace tool and then their native ads tool. And so if you look at the creator marketplace, we can look at creators across US and Canada um, and then see everything from their audience it's, uh, insights, whether it's female, male, where are they consuming majority of their content? Um, how old is their fan base and then we can break it down by interests, and then also have like a internal messaging platform. So if we ever ran a campaign with a celebrity slash creator, we can directly message them through that platform. Um, and so yeah. those are kind of the, the components um, that helps obviously to make Joybox a competitive company, um, mm-hmm. having those access to beta tools that a lot of other companies don't have access to. Um, and obviously starting the conversation is early when you, when you have an idea in terms of what you wanna do. Perfect.
0: Hopefully that answers your yeah, question. Yeah, because their second question was also, how do you collect metrics from TikTok? And it sounds like you, you answered a lot of that already, so that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to talk about what's next for Joybox that you're super excited about. Um, whatever you can share with us would be awesome. Um, yeah. Especially... I'm sure things have changed for you since, you know, lockdown happened, right? So oh let, let, let's talk about that. Let's pretend like, let's not pretend like it's not a thing. So I yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, would love to talk about how that's, you know, really made a difference for Joybox and you and your team.
1: Tough. Um, really tough. Uh, we find a really unique opportunity for us to pursue working with artists as of right now. A lot of artists and independent um, record labels are pushing their artists to create like a quarantine hit, if that makes sense. And so I don't know if you guys heard the song like bored in a house and I'm in my house bored. I'm bored in my house and I'm in my house bored. (laughs) And like Tyga jumped on it um, and then it kind of became like a record. And then Chance was like, oh my God, this record's dope. And so we see an opportunity to work and collaborate with artists in the future as of right now. Mm -hmm. Kind of the downside of this quarantine outside of, you know, um, just obviously being aware that there's a lot of suffering happening and a lot of people are hurting. Um, You know, some of the problems that we get to face are not, you know, it's obviously terrible because (laughs) It changes the whole entire landscape in terms of how you approach clients and have those conversations, but especially during a global pandemic, I think our issues are significantly less compared to what everybody else is going through, um, and even some businesses too, like even in the restaurant business or the tourism business. Um, but for us, we have had to change our whole entire content schedule. Um, yeah. Shooting content has become a very interesting <laughs> conversation. How do we shoot content yeah. while being socially distant? A lot of Joybox content relies on us all of us being in a studio, and there's 20 of us and it becomes wow. like a little small party. And the whole point of it is to have this energy, this creativity, and it's supposed to be really fun. We're blasting music, we're making jokes, uh, and it's a very kind of like family culture environment. And so if we don't have that, how do we replicate that kind of energy for it to translate onto the content is something that we've been trying to figure out. And to be honest, we don't have an idea. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're really struggling with.
0: No, I, I love that, you know, you guys are, it's really important, again, like I said earlier, it's important for brands to be self-aware and you know really take the time however long they need they think they need to take to come up with the best pivot or idea that they're comfortable with i think that's super yeah. important so i think um, i totally agree with that yeah i
1: think well, i'll add one more thing because i don't think i actually truly answered your question um, <laughs> i have a tendency to do, that so i apologize oh, yeah, um, i think one of the things that we're really excited about is we will be launching a youtube um later this later this year that is
0: exciting and wow. so
1: I, I think kind of building the leverage in terms of what we're doing on tiktok because we're only creating content on tiktok as of right now mm-hmm. and with the talent base that we're starting to recruit um we see a really interesting opportunity for us to start like uh, another hot ones except like complex mm-hmm. or do something unique where um we introduce you know, we have TikTok stars go on their dates with their fans and then do crazy challenges in the studio. so there's a couple different angles that we're thinking, but YouTube is definitely gonna be something that we're truly excited about and hope to be launching um, later this
0: year. Amazing, I love that for Joybox, that's really exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen really cool content come out like with, you know, Jubilee and Skin Deep and it's really cool to see, you know, the type of content they're putting out and um, I'm excited for Joybox to be out there too. Um, So now that we've talked about what's in store for Joybox, I'd love for you to tell us about your predictions for TikTok and how you see the platform really growing. It's grown really fast right before our eyes. Um, And yeah, I I, I wonder, I wanna know what you think it will look like in the landscape of all the other platforms that exist.
1: Yeah, um, I'm honestly trying to figure this out every single day and so um, I have some theories and some predictions. Um, just even by looking at China's platform, so yep. ByteDance, um, and so ByteDance is the parent company that owns TikTok, and so TikTok was originally bought out by From Musically, and they remade that brand. Right. Um, and the things that they're introducing as an e-commerce platform on TikTok um, in China are some clues that you will probably see. Uh, some clues that will provide insight into how they might roll it out in North America. And so as they start to get a lot more invested in terms of their advertising, their advertising tools, Mm -hmm. their influencer tools, um, I think e-commerce is gonna take a big jump, especially with so many businesses like on Shopify and trying to figure out their own digital storefront. They're gonna have to figure out different ways to market. And so brands that are primarily marketing to young teenagers and Gen Z and early millennials, this is gonna be an amazing platform for them to invest money in and try. Um, the thing that I think a lot of brands are trying to figure out is what is the cost that it's gonna be in terms of acquiring new customers? Is it gonna be cheaper for us to spend that money on Facebook and Instagram compared to spending money on TikTok? TikTok doesn't have a, a strong enough case right now where it can be justified as a platform to spend all your paid media. Um, as the audience starts to develop the content gets even more creative um, Mm -hmm. and they somehow figure out how to make people use the following page a little bit more Um, I think we're gonna start to see a lot of brands hopping on here in terms of creating content and then trying to create content with a lot of influencers Um, technically I think the growth is just continuously gonna go the the crossover that you see from TikTok to Instagram is quite huge and so it's just so interconnected, um, right. and I think that TikTok will definitely be one of the leading voices um, in terms of content. Because even on content that you see on Instagram, a lot of it's recycled from TikTok. I don't right. know if you guys seen that, um, sure. and that right. tells me a lot about where is the actual good content coming from. It's TikTok, mm. it's not Instagram. Right. Um, and right. if that's becoming the place where all the good content is coming out of, why won't they just consume content on TikTok? Why would they go to a second page like Instagram? I'm not saying Instagram isn't, I think Instagram is very dope and serves a very good purpose um, because you don't have the same level of messaging um, that mm-hmm. I feel like uh, that you get on platforms like such as Instagram and Facebook, but, and they're two different audience demographics, but on TikTok, in terms of the DM feature, it's not as strong. Um, the right. conversational aspect is not as strong either, um, but yeah, we'll definitely see how things go.
0: Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I was like, a lot of good nuggets of information. Sorry. So no, that's great. Um, and for anyone who, you know, either had to, you know, dip early or um, anything like that, we will have this on our page for a while after this live end. So you can always refer back to it. Um, I only have a couple more questions left. So for anyone else who has any questions, throw it into the comments. Uh, throw it into, if you click a little question mark at the bottom, you can submit questions there too. Um, but my next question um, for you, Sam, is I'd actually really love to hear as a founder, as a leader in the space that you're in, I'd love to talk about how your lifestyle has changed and how you're really um, finding ways to be as productive as possible, um, you know, with the current circumstances and with your team too. I know for me, like, that was, like, a huge focus at the beginning of all of this is to figure out, okay, how can I optimize, blah, 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 while still really, you know, remaining human and acknowledging that things are being crazy, right? So, how have you been handling it? And, like, what's really helped you kind of deal with with all of this?
1: Yeah, (sighs) shit's really hard
0: (laughs) right now, Um, to be very
1: real. Like, I think everybody... Um, being stuck at home and just kind of seeing kind of the course of what's happening in the world right now. I just think it's so tough. Yeah. Um, in terms of how I'm personally staying sane, I hated running. Like absolutely <laughs> hated it. Um, I thought people that ran were absolutely weirdos. Um, and I've turned into <laughs> one of those weirdos. What are weirdos they running from, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, like, what are
0: they running from? But yeah, that's I'm like, so funny. That's but so now funny I'm finding now. that
1: I'm turning into one of those people. Um, if I don't get a run in, I don't feel good. And like this addiction that I have towards runner's high um, has significantly changed in terms of my productivity. I think it's become an outlet where I just focus and just do that and then I come home and yeah. I'm jacked up with, I don't know, dopamine and those endorphins. Yeah. Um, in terms of staying sane, I think especially anybody that's working from home right now, it's definitely a blessing that we get to do that but
0: mm-hmm. figuring out
1: the line between what's work and what's not has been getting really blurred. Um, yeah. Since you're home in front of your computer, um, you know, <laughs> when is the time that you can stop working um, and Word. setting those kind of parameters has been really interesting. Um, but in terms of what's been helping me the most, it's definitely running. Um, and then also a huge component to everything that I do has a lot to do with my faith. And so practicing Word. gratitude and, I'm um, being mindful that we're in very, I'm personally in a very lucky position to be pursuing something that I love and have the ability to do so during a global pandemic and an economic downturn. Um, just just understanding that I'm in a place of abundance and blessing um, before getting to the, oh my God, the world's burning kind of
0: mentality. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I yeah. think it's super important for all of us to obviously take the time to you know reflect as much as we can, mm-hmm. um, despite the, you know, all the practical things you need to think about Um, a lot of you know a lot of us most of us won't get the chance to ever slow down this much right so yeah oh my gosh
1: um, i think that's the beauty of it too like if you're feeling that you're in this pandemic and you don't have any urge to be productive like just know that it's okay to totally
0: 100 percent
1: like we're going through
0: yeah
1: we're in like one of the most (laughs) unprecedented times in terms of like this is yeah we're in a global pandemic it's okay to not be okay um it's really tough right now
0: I agree with you. So we have some questions from um, Shep. Um, Shep has been on my team and he's really cool. And I actually want, want to introduce you guys. I actually have to introduce you guys because I think we'd have a lot to talk about, but he has some questions for us. Um, Shep is in the space of music. So he's wondering, what do you think is a good way for musicians with a TikTok following to guide their audience to other platforms such as Spotify and Instagram?
1: Yeah, this is this is an interesting question. Um, This is what we're also trying to figure out as of right now. I don't have a good answer for you, but in terms of start with Spotify, um, you look at tracks like Roxanne, you look at tracks like Blueberry Faygo by Lil Mosey, you look at um, Doja Cat, you look at some of the artists that have blown really, really big off of TikTok. um, What I've realized is TikTok bops turn into adding adding it to them on Spotify. And my creative director, we've been discussing in terms of like, what is a TikTokable song? Because you see Drake just came out with Tootsie Slide <laughs> um, and he did it in a way where it wasn't so TikTok, but there was components that could be used as a TikTok bot, um, but then it was still good enough to be able to hold its so- own as a song um, and you start to look at those components. Um, but in terms of like, it depends how well the, the challenge is designed, what kind of influencers that you get if does it have a chance to go viral, does it start picking up because there's a certain lyric in the song that those creators can leverage to make a skit or some sort of um, content out of it. Um, In terms of the crossover, you know, it's tough because it just, there's not a lot of measurable, like things that you can measure to be able to define what made that thing go crazy. Um, A lot of those songs that are going crazy right now is just, a lot of strategic positioning, number one. And so you'll start to see record labels actually, instead of naming the song on the song on the platform, you'll find that it's like, ILY, which is I love you. And they'll name it that on the actual track on Spotify. So people recognize that song instead of saying I love you as a full thing. And so like people will upload different original soundtracks of another song onto the platform and then use it as their original sound. And then artists and record labels will use that title instead of using their own title to make it more familiar for the people that are looking from TikTok to Spotify.
0: Got it. Well, hopefully yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'm definitely gonna connect you too because I think you guys have a ton to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but thanks so much for the question. Um, so I am Edgar Brown has a question as well. And he would like to know how do you see TikTok content evolving over time? Right now it's still very much entertainment based, but do you see creators making educational content as well? Um, and I also feel like Snapchat may have done this at some point and they tried to do this pivot. So if you also want to talk about another platform that, that has attempted to do it, that'd be cool too.
1: Yeah, so educational content. It blows my mind because everybody thinks that TikTok is just an entertainment um, yeah, okay. content stuff. I agree there's a huge portion of it, but I see people that are moms that are giving out advice in terms of relationships i've seen finance guys and girls and days that basically explain how to take care of your money if you are a gen z or a millennial i've seen a ton of young entrepreneurs that basically say hey like how do i start a business uh here's five simple ways that you can start a business in under one minute mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> it's under a minute but there's a lot of actually useful content that's being dropped and so i see a huge format in terms of Um, educational content and also one thing that I'd love for people to keep in mind as they invest into this platform YouTube originally were videos of cats like in the very beginning it was handheld with their phones it was terrible recordings of just the simplest things on YouTube that went viral Um, and then it made this transition into kind of like almost like a TV channel and so there's rounds of um, evolutions that happen as a platform and as a content um, and so you're only seeing the first round of the type of content being created. So I think as more creative people hop on here, as more brands pour money on here, you'll start to see that there will be educational content. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a reality TV show that come out of this on a vertical format. Um, concerts, music, um, yeah, I see a whole bunch. Okay.
0: Perfect. So we have another question and Ange is wondering she wants you to talk a little bit about quality qu- content, and I think there's always a discussion, quality over qu- quantity, uh, what does actual quality content look like, and so it, it'd be really cool to hear about what quality content is to you and to Joybox and to your team.
1: So this is so hard, because we've, we've thought of content that we're like, oh my god, we're editing it, this is going to be a guaranteed hit, this is going to be a viral video and we go off and we're so happy. And then we drop the video, it does terrible, like terrible. <laughs> and then one time we drop another video that we weren't even thinking because we ran out of content, we post it, and it gets a million views. And so for me, I'm just sitting here, I'm like, what is our definition of quality? And what is the market's definition of quality? Um, TikTok, it's all, a lot of it's handheld content that performs really well. And so a lot of brands will pick up their DSLRs and their RED cameras, their expensive fancy production equipment and shoot content. but. Um, the conversation that we've had with an internal TikTok um, rep, they said that actually higher quality um, harms the user experience, since so much of the content is actually handheld and rough, um, roughly right. edited. And so it's like you're used to seeing 90% of the content being meh quality,
0: <laughs>
1: and then you <laughs> come onto a thing, it's so well shot, well so edited, <laughs> it almost comes across as like too much of an ad, almost too stingy. Um, yep. which is could be playing into a benefit or a disadvantage depending on how you see it. Um, but in terms of quality, I'm really not sure. <laughs> it just I think the biggest thing, number the, the first three seconds are the most important. You have to hook them in right away. And then you need to have some sort of punchline. It has to exist. And that's kind of the format that we've identified. First three seconds, you have to get them hooked and then leave them with a big punchline. And all of that has to be done within 15 to 25 seconds. Um, you can do it for longer, but for as a brand, that's what we find, especially for the stuff that we create.
0: Okay, perfect. So we have a question from Michaela, and Michaela is wondering how um, have you seen brands create content on TikTok? Well, putting aside advertising, have you seen organic content um, done well from brands? So we did talk about this a little bit earlier on, and we talked about Chipotle and how they're really killing it. Uh, but Sam, are there any other brands that you think are also doing a really great job on TikTok um, and also the type of organic content they've been able to execute really well?
1: Yeah, so like, I I think there's, I think in terms of a campaign uh, basis, there's a couple brands um, that are doing interesting. So even with like the Jimmy Fallon challenge that he ended up launching on TikTok, um, that challenge did really well, but it's also Jimmy Fallon. Um, <laughs> I think the definition of well would be like, especially if you're a big brand and you come onto a platform, obviously you're going to have much better results compared to if you're a, you know, a no brand. I've seen like a couple of different e-commerce products that are, a, that are kind of leveraging viral videos to be able to make their things pop. Um, and so I hate to say this, but they'll leverage um, kind of like very clickbaity content um, to be able to get them hooked within the first three seconds and then they'll do a product interview. So another platform is kind of like, my buddy's tool, actually, they basically they're a software tool that helps resell sneakers and uh, any kind of clothes in one dashboard. And so he's been able to give tips and advice to young kids that are reselling stuff on TikTok. Um, And so I think that would be another brand in terms of the big brand, you look at Rihanna and Fenty Beauty. Um, Fenty Beauty has a Fenty house where they bring in a bunch of creators and they literally have a house dedicated to creating content. Um, I think they're doing Mm -hmm. pretty good in terms of a marketing approach and being able to be really involved in the dialogue, especially of what's happening in the world right now. Um, Then you look at all the media houses like Sway House, Clubhouse, Flight House, all the houses. Um, (laughs) But that's also because you have huge personality under those roofs Um, and I haven't really yet to see a brand that literally started from nothing to build into something yet um
0: right.
1: and that has done it consistently and well over a period of time and that just comes down to the limited amount of time that I feel like TikTok has really been exposed and so I'm genuinely interested to see those cases arise
0: that's cool I'm gonna try to check some of those out because they sound really good and Mikaela mm-hmm. and Daniel are always like my personal TikTok hookups like they'll send me all the TikToks ever like that I've ever seen so I think I need to it's time I go in and like really take a look at what TikTok is cuz Yeah, I know for um, sure. you mentioned some really interesting things. Um, yeah, there's so- a lot. There's definitely a lot. <laughs> so Daniel has a question um and I'm definitely personally really interested in hearing what your thoughts are here, but will there be a lot more TikTok specific startups and agencies? Um i I'm super curious about this. Um Personally, it's not something that we as an agency have really, you know, dived into or like looked at as an offering that we can, you know, provide as a service to our clients. It's something that we're still educating ourselves on, right? So um, you also have an agency background. So I'd love to hear about your thoughts there and if you really see agencies um, diving into the world of TikTok too.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that there are going to be some startups that are going to be born. So there's actually already a, like a handful that I can mention on top of my head. So you yeah. have... Clout Meter, you have Pentos, you have uh, Fanbytes, you have even my friend's agency, uh, Sparks Media. Um, all of these are agencies that basically help serve some of the biggest brands on TikTok as of right now. And so yeah. like my friend helped launch a campaign for Chipotle. Um, they've done some really cool work with like Victoria's Secret and some really big artists like Post Malone, Jackie Chan. And so there's absolutely companies that are you know, taking advantage of kind of being in the white space early and having those uh, connections developed early as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of tools, like I mentioned earlier, Pentos and CloudMeter, they're basically a third-party dashboard that allows you to have um, access to, um, sorry, a dashboard of influencers, depending on, you know, different countries and different regions and by different engagement rates and followers. And so if you're starting as a brand and you don't know what TikTok creator to work with, that can be an amazing place to start. So those tools are being created. One of the big issues with TikTok is that their APIs are closed. And so in terms of like what an API means is different tools can plug into different platforms. And so Instagram, you know, you can plug in like a Grum or a Buffer um, or any of those social media scheduling tools onto the platform, but on TikTok you can't because it's run, by, it's run by China in terms of the regulations and different things that they set out. And they've kept everything very private. Um, and so my question would be something that I'm really trying to figure out is will they ever open those APIs and will they allow third-party tools to be able to incorporate with TikTok um, in terms of more of like a public basis um, where people can create tools to better serve people on TikTok? Um, and I don't know the answer to that question. If it does become open, great. I think there's going to be a lot of third-party tools that are going to be created as an extension. Um, I think there could be a lot of content companies that start to move into TikTok just because of the the rate of consumption that's happening on Mm -hmm. here. Um, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, Media companies too, like Complex, BuzzFeed, Mm -hmm. Tasty, all those guys, I guarantee you they're going to start moving in here as soon as they figure out how to actually navigate production during global pandemic,
0: but (laughs) yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's going to be, I think, really insane to see some of these brands, you know, being on TikTok, um, especially a lot of the media ones that you mentioned. Um, It'll be really cool to see how they embrace the platform. Um, so I have one more question left. So um, before we end the live, if anyone else has questions or has been some really good ones, just throw them into the comments or click the question mark at the very bottom. And if you join the live late, you'll still be able to see all of it because um, it will be on our Instagram page for you to look back on. Um, Sam has given us some really great tips um, about TikTok and really some really, great, some really good knowledge too. So I uh, highly recommend look, watching it from the top. So my last question to you is, if, you, if there's one thing that you want everyone to take away from this live, what would it be? I personally thought it was really interesting that you mentioned that the first three seconds matter the most and always have a punchline. I think those are some really actionable things that people can take away. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you had to choose one thing that you want everyone to take away from this slide, what would that be?
1: Um, first of all, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, second of all, hope you guys are doing safe. Uh, hope you guys are safe, sorry. Um, and the third thing is if TikTok is actually an interesting platform um, for you guys, I'd f- really figure out why. A lot of people are like, oh, we shop on this platform because it's famous. But like, why? Why is it important for us? Um, or if you want to grow a personal brand, why is it important for me? Whether it's getting in front of more people um, because you figuring out your why in terms of you know, the decisions that you make to do on these platforms, um, you'll get a better understanding of how to actually execute the strategy. And then this, I guess the last thing that I would suggest is just really spend time consuming content. There's no better way to learn TikTok than to actually just consume it um, and see what other people are doing.
0: Cool. Okay. I love that. And that's something I'm definitely going to start doing. I'm going to try and consume way more content on TikTok. Um, It's about time that I do that. So Michael has a question as well. Um, hey, Mike. So he's wondering, as an artist new to TikTok, what's the best way to grow a following and views? Do you recommend posting music or following what's pop um, or following popular challenges? So uh, Mike's actually a uh, musician out of Toronto, um, and yeah. So. Would love to hear
1: your thoughts on that, Sam. Yeah, no, we're uh, man, we can't wait to get to get to Toronto, especially when a lot of this starts to <laughs> slow down. We're excited to have you
0: here. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, we got definitely a lot of big plans there. Um, as an as an artist new to TikTok, what's the best way to grow a following and views? Um, a couple different ways. So, um, if you have original music that you're dropping, I think you doing a live rendition in front of a camera and recording that, especially if you have the vocals. Yep. Um and you're a killer, and you have like a charming, Mm -hmm. charismatic personality. I think that would be definitely one pillar of the content that you create. Doing a mix of like popular challenges, your own original content, something that we've done with our some of our rappers that were like that are within our circle, um, we've got them to do make a song and a rap song with everyday sounds. So they'll just get a pot, clang it, Um, they'll shut the door and they'll record that and then the producer will take those snippets, record the whole entire thing and then turn it into like a really fire beat and then the artist will hop on it and drop a couple bars on it um and then we'll show the whole entire process of making a song with just everyday household items um i think that could be a really cool uh way to go i've recently seen an artist group that will basically stand in front of the camera and just sing and like if your talent is there people will look and be like oh my god they're so amazing um And it really just comes down to how good is your, I hate to say this, but like how good is your content? Will people actually want to watch it? Um, And just making cool challenges for yourself. Like I've seen a producer basically take really popular beats and then turn it into more of a TikTok mash um, and then drop bars on it too. Or if you take other people's sounds that are popping on TikTok um, and then sampling that, creating your own track on top of it. So it's like, if you have a video that went viral, it's like, hey, Karen, like, stop. Like, it's like, it's like a video of Karen yelling <laughs> at young kids to not do something. It's like, Karen says something, and then you sample her voice, and then you create that into a track. Like, that's a really good way to actually make it pop. Relatable stuff really works. So, like, the whole quarantine, board in the house, and I'm my house, board, that was all written because it was relatable, and it was catchy. Um, so, that's kind of the general, you know, I, I was very scattered there, but that would be the general way that I'd look at it. <laughs>
0: I love all those ideas that you mentioned. They sound super fun yeah. Um yeah, I'd love Mike, if you do any of them, I, we'd love to see them. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah, it's I just like whatever, like whatever your craft is, just find a really creative way to show it to the world on TikTok, right? Yeah, so, and that's it, that's literally um, it. You just
1: gotta get creative, yeah. that's all
0: it is. I love that. Okay, so I think you have for sure answered all my questions Um, I don't think we have any more questions right now, but you've given us so much to think about, uh, regarding TikTok and I'm definitely going to, definitely going to check it out. So, um, we are all done for today, but I want everyone again to know that if you, you know, tuned in late, you can see the whole thing on our Instagram later. Um, Sam is tagged in all of our posts regarding this live, so you can reach out to him too and see what he's up to on his Instagram. Um, and we do this every Monday at 1 30 PM EST. So um come check us out we have really cool guests every week like sam that are just super amazing at what they do so thank you so much sam if you have anything you want to leave everyone with maybe contact info or whatever um that'd be dope uh but otherwise uh that's all for today
1: yeah no genuine such a big thank you to everybody that tuned in and thank you for listening and taking your time um if tiktok's interesting at all let me know if there's any way that i can help Um, shoot me a dm on my instagram um if you want to get in touch it's sam at joyboxmedia.com and if you're interested in some of the content that we create, you can just hop on TikTok and then type in Joybox and you'll find us. Um, we're a pink logo. Um, pretty, tough to, pretty tough to ignore. <laughs> but um, thank you again. Hope you guys are all safe um, and taking care of yourselves. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Seriously.
0: Okay, amazing. Thank you, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, Sam. I'll talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. Thanks for having Thanks. me.
1: Bye. oh, 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 oh